0: For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Are you a thankful person tonight? Are you grateful tonight? Yeah. We want to talk a little bit about the thankfulness of God and also developing a thankful spirit. So let's pray first of all. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your word together. We study it in the name of Jesus. We ask your Holy Spirit to be our teacher and to be our guide. We thank you for anointing our ears to hear it accurately, our hearts to receive it, and minds to be open to it. But more than anything, change us from glory to glory. That we might conform to the very image of Jesus and become that for which he has apprehended each and every one of us. He laid down his life that we might be conformed to his very image. And what an honor it is to know that we can be changed. That we might represent you as ambassadors for Christ in the earth. Carry out your work. Transact business on your behalf. In saving the lost and setting captive people free. We believe right now, Father, to be changed tonight as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As a believer, every single one of us has the opportunity every single day to draw close to God. Actually, we can live as close to God as we so desire. That's up to us. As a matter of fact, it's more on us than it is on him. I know sometimes we think if God would just show himself If God would just visit us and so on and so forth. But he says, you know what? I've already done my part. Look at Hebrews 13, verse 5. This is from the classic version of the Amplified Bible. Look at what it says. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God, himself has said... I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not. And every time I've read that in the Amplified Bible, I wonder why in the Amplifies it states it that way. Because in the Greek, there's three I will nots there. I will not. I will not. I will not. You think he's trying to convey a message to us? Well, what won't you do? I will not. I will not. I will not. In any degree, leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Wow. Did you hear that? If we just embrace that tonight, look at what it says. So in other words, he is saying, I'm not the one letting you go. I'm the one who's advancing toward you. As a matter of fact, he's the one pouring out his love on a daily basis, his joy on a daily basis, his peace, his comfort, and the list goes on and on and on. He's just constantly pouring himself out to us. That's the correct way to look at it. Well, sometimes, and you have to admit this if you're an honest person, and I believe you are, sometimes don't you feel like he's far away from you? And maybe not as close, even sometimes as he once was. But the thing is, he didn't do that. He didn't move. He doesn't move away from us. He's always moving toward us. Well, if we ever feel that way, I think it's understandable that maybe we might just uh, allow a few things to slip. Right? Possibly. Um, We're the ones that are human. He's divine. So it could be a possibility that we maybe let some things go and it seems like he's not as close to us. Well, in the book of Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul gave us a revelation of four things that constitute people progressively or slowly moving away from God. Let's look at it. Look at Romans 1, 21. Because that when they knew God, number one... They glorified him not as God. Number two, neither were thankful. Number three, but became vain in their imaginations. And number four, their foolish heart was darkened. Can you see the progression there? Well, they knew God, but they didn't glorify him as God. Then they got to the place they were very unthankful. And you know what? It's easy to develop an attitude of ingratitude if we don't really focus our attention on all the wonderful things that God has done for us. If all we do is just get s- surrounded with all the things taking place in the world and whatever the devil, the world, and the flesh throw our way, it's easy to become unthankful, thinking that, why, my life, my goodness, look, what, look at what I'm going through, etc. Well, that's what happened to them. And then they got to the place where they were vain in their imaginations. And then their foolish heart was darkened. Well, if that is a recipe for people, let's just say drawing away from from God or moving away from God, wouldn't you think that the opposite of that can be true also? That if you want to really draw close to God, number one, live to glorify Him. Live to glorify God. Your purpose in life. Why was I created? To glorify Him. Number two, develop thankfulness. Become thankful. Be a thankful person on purpose. Make it intentional that I'm going to look at everything around me and start seeing all the things I'm thankful for. And express that to God. Then number three, recognize the importance of our imagination. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And it's important that we recognize There's power when it comes to our imagination. That's why we're told to cast down imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Don't allow them to develop in our thinking, in our lives, and then protect our heart diligently because out of it flow the issues or the forces of life. So we're just going to explore a couple here this evening. Uh, If that's okay with you. If not, we're still going to explore a couple things here this evening. (laughs) Number one (laughs) is... Glorify God. Live to glorify God. God wants us to make a decision that we want to glorify him above anything and anyone else in this world. To be honest with you, that's what we've been created to do, every single one of us, to bring glory and honor to him. Well, how how do I do that? Well, let's look at some ways that we can glorify God. Number one involves our view of him, how we see him. To glorify means to esteem him higher than anything or anyone else. It's how we prize him. It's how we value him. It's the way we look at him. As a matter of fact, and I don't know why God doesn't do this for all of us. It would be nice if he would. I think it would be helpful to all of us. Can you imagine having an Isaiah 6 experience? Can you imagine that? I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and full of glory. His train filled the temple. Man, all the angels cried, holy, holy, holy. I watched this activity take place there at the throne of God. And man, my knees hit the floor just like that on my face before God. Wow. Can you imagine the impact? They say one picture is worth a thousand words. Can you imagine being around that throne and seeing that occur? You wouldn't have to tell people, let's bow down and worship God. Mm -mm. It's how we see him. It's how we esteem him. It's really drawing closer to him by recognizing him for who he really is. Yes, he's the creator of heaven and earth and seeing all that in them is. Yes, he's the one that brought Israel into being. Yes, through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and so on. But yes, he's also the father of our Lord Jesus Christ who sent him to die for our sins and raise him up so that we could be justified before the throne of God. But he's the only one that could do what he did to see that we would redeem, be redeemed and be brought back into a right relationship with him. And so in actuality, since you and I are eternal spirit beings that will live on throughout the eternal ages... We need who he is and what he's done for us to become a reality within our lives. Otherwise, we spend eternity in a lake of fire. And last I read, it's not a nice place to be. Jesus described it very vividly. And no one should want to be there ever. So to you and to me, we should view him with the highest regard. The highest esteem. To think that he could actually humble himself to such a place that he would pour out himself as a sacrifice for us. Wow. Are you glad for that? Another way that we glorify God is to magnify him. Because the same word that's used here is to magnify, which means to enlarge, to make bigger. God wants us to make him bigger Even in our lives and our pursuits. In other words, it's above everything else that we could even think of or desire for our lives. Whatever we want for ourselves. When you're growing up and you're in school and they tell you when you're a young person, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a this. I want to be a that. I want to be a pilot, airplane pilot. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer and all that. And that's all wonderful to have that from a young age. But you know what? You may come to Christ and when you come to Christ, all that can change that can all change because you want to make him bigger in your life and not you bigger in your life. We magnify him by enlarging him. Uh, As a matter of fact, someone that was very energetic, who was very zealous, who was constantly giving himself for what he thought was the right thing to do with regard to the things of God. His name is the Apostle Paul, but he was Saul of Tarsus then. And In Acts chapter 9, and verse 6, this is what we see here. On the Damascus Road, when Jesus appears to him, remember, he is zealous. He is committed. He is absolutely pouring himself out to do God's will, he believes, for his life. And when he saw Jesus, he trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will you have me to do? Oh, what a statement. What will you have me to do? Not what do I want to do. But will what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So what he did was he's a, he exalted what God wanted for his life above even what he wanted for his life. And remember, this man was highly educated. He was up there and as a Pharisee of all Pharisees, a Hebrew of all Hebrews by his own admission. And as far as the law was concerned, he said faultless. I guess as much as one can possibly humanly be on the earth. That's how committed he was. That's how dedicated he was. That's how he gave himself over to this. But God said to him, Jesus said to him, I'll tell you what I want you to do now. He set all that aside. He set aside his education. All that he embraced to this point in his life. For what God wanted. What do you want me to do, Lord, in my life? That's how we magnify God. In our lives. Look at the next one. We magnify or we glorify God by doing his will and his work. A lot of times when people come to church, they come once a week. And it's just, I'm putting in my time. This is my obligation. That's not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is all about having a right relationship with God. In which we walk with him through life. And we ask him what it is he wants us to be involved in so that we could do his will or his work in the earth. I don't want to get him involved in my plans. I want to be involved in his plans. I want to do what he wants me to do. And it doesn't matter what I'm like a Moses who says, but I can't talk. And others who said reasons why they couldn't do something. He said, look, I made you, I created you, I will give you a gift enabling you to do what I call you to do. But what he wants is us to glorify him by saying, okay, I surrender, I'm submitted, I give myself completely over to you to do what you want me to do. And notice this verse in John 17. This has always struck me and impacted me in a powerful way. I have glorified thee on the earth. How? I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. My. Well, what was it that he wanted him to do? Well, there was a lot that he wanted him to do. But the point was, how did he glorify God? By finishing the work that he gave him to do. And in some cases, some don't even know, well, what is it that he wants me to do? Well, there's a general revealed will of God. There's a specific revealed will of God. And it's up to us, in my opinion... To get engaged and involved in what the general will of God is for every person's life. When you got saved, get spirit-filled. Once you get saved and spirit-filled, surrender your heart. You know, it's all about sanctification as well. Live a life of sanctification. You know, when it comes to these physical bodies that we live in here upon the earth, Paul said they have to be crucified. And that's on a daily basis. So from sanctification to glorification, we're supposed to be walking with God in the earth. So you go to church, you find a church that you go to, you get involved in some way or another, you study your Bible, you pray, etc. You witness, all those things are the general revealed will of God for our lives. If you're going to get married, you find someone who is a believer and you get married to a believer, you have a family, you teach your children the things of God, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All that's the general revealed will of God. You give your tithes, your offerings, you support the work of God in the earth, all that's general revealed will of God. But the more sincere and serious we are about carrying out the general reveal revealed, will, revealed word of God for our, will of God for our lives, we position ourselves to enter into the specific thing that He might want us to do. You know, I can only use my life as an example. I went to church once a week. Well, when I was in school there, I went five, six times a week because he had to go before school. But I would go on a Sunday, put my time in, and couldn't wait to get out the door. That's just just being, being truthful. It's the most boring thing I think I've ever been through. Couldn't wait to get out. When I got born again, you talk about God imparting desires within the human heart and soul to do his will. You talk about a 180. I couldn't stay away from church. I couldn't stay away from my Bible. Prayer. Believing God, studying books, learning about faith, learning about the covenant I have with God. I just got engaged and involved in everything that I could possibly get in. Bible studies and everything else. Why? Because I had a hunger for God. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. And so I just pursued this with an ardent zeal. I had a holy fervor for God. I wanted to walk with God. And I thank God that he honored that. I never dreamt that it would have been sending me somewhere halfway across the country to go to school and then come back from there and and be a pastor. Had no idea that's what it was. But once again, when we get so involved in giving ourselves completely over to the general will of God, then the specific can emerge. And you know what? It could be a small thing that he wants us to anything and everything is huge as far as I'm concerned, whether you're here just cleaning the carpets whether you're here just playing an instrument, if you're here just uh, doing maintenance or doing sound or doing whatever it is, is sending out letters and cards of inspiration to other people and encouragement that are away. Everything, we're to view everything that we do for God. Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water to someone in my name, you've done it to me and you'll be rewarded for it. So in other words, he wants us to view it from that perspective. So Jesus said that he completed the work that God gave him to do. Aren't you glad he didn't tell us to do what he had to do? Aren't you glad he didn't say, I want you to go like Peter and sacrifice your life and get crucified upside down? Aren't you glad that you didn't have to be the one who was fed to the lions in the Roman Colosseum back in the day when they killed Christians that way? That you weren't called to to live a a life that would finally end in a martyr's death? Think about it. But this is true Christianity, is it not? That's what it really is all about. Well, Jesus said, I live my life to complete the work that you gave me to do. And then when he finished the work, he went back to glory. And that's the same for us. It could be a small thing, maybe in our eyes, but it's a huge thing in his eyes. So no matter what it is, whatever your gift, whatever your talent, whatever your ability might be, when you sanctify it and set it apart to be used of God... To be a teacher, to pray, to be a prayer warrior. If, if God sets you in a church and just says, I just want you to pray. That's, your, that's what I want you to do. You just be there and you pray and pray and believe me. That's it. And you know what? You'll be rewarded for that. And when you get off this world and you go back to be with him in glory, he'll say, that's exactly what I called you to do. That's what I wanted you to do. I didn't want you to do what somebody else did. I will honor you for that. And he'll reward you for that. So that's one thing. But then there's another In Isaiah 66 and verse 2, this is from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Notice this. We glorify God by highly esteeming His Word. My hand made all these things, and so they all came into being. This is the Lord's declaration. I will look favorably on this kind of person. One who is humble, submissive in spirit, and trembles at my Word. You know, we all have a choice to make, an option. We can choose to magnify God's word or his promise above the problem, or we can choose to magnify the problem above the promise of God. All of us, we've got to make a choice. Am I going to maximize the promise and minimize the problem? Or am I going to maximize the problem and minimize the promise of God? God wants us to honor his word in such a way that we hold it in high esteem. Like he said, I exalt my word above my name. Do we really hear that? I've exalted my word above all my name. In other words, it's my integrity. It's easy when we're in this setting to grab a hold of this because we want to do it with a holy fervor. But when you walk out the door and you find yourself in another atmosphere, It's a little bit different. Your challenges from every direction coming against you to set aside the word of God. I'll be honest with you. Can I be honest? Can I be transparent? Can I just pour it out? It just alarms me when I hear of how many believers have no regard whatsoever for human life. I've talked to Christians in my own family and said, hey, there's more to politics than just abortion. I go, really? What are you telling me? It's okay to kill babies? No. You take life into your own hands? No. Where's the commitment to the Word of God that says, I would rather exalt the Word of God above anything and everything else? Politics, gender, race. I will exalt the word of God, hold it in the highest esteem, because this is what God said. This is what God said. I will honor what God said above it all. And when it comes to every area of our lives, there should be a pursuit, not just to sit and listen to a Bible lesson being taught, but to say, how does this impact my life? How does this change my life? How does it apply to me? I want to be changed from glory to glory. I want to see to it that Christ is in me, the hope of glory, and seen among men as they can see my good works and glorify my Father in heaven. You see, through those good works that we manifest, He is glorified. And He touches these people's lives because you might be the only epistle that that person is going to read. So God wants us to take His Word and maximize it, hold it in highest esteem, and just say, I want to live by this. This is the standard That I set for myself to live. This is the line I draw in the sand. And say this is what God has spoken. This is what God said. I dare not cross over it. I remember reading after Kenyon one time. one One of his books. Very strong faith individual. He said where are those that draw the line in the sand. And they say this. I'd rather jump in hell than the sin against my God. Wow. I'd rather jump in hell than sin against my God. What a strong assertion and commitment that he had. Now, of course, God would never ask him to do that. You know that as well as I do. Look at this next one. Be honest when we do something wrong. Look at the book of Joshua chapter 7. Be honest Then Joshua said to Achan, remember the story of Achan? When they brought down the walls of Jericho, the spoil that was there, they were told, don't you touch it. All the gold and the silver and all that belong to God. Don't you touch it. In other fights, they were able to do what? When they had battles, they could take the spoil, divide it among themselves and that sort of thing. But they were told, don't you touch it. Well, Achan just thought he came up with his own, devised his own plans. He said, forget what God said. I'm going to take some silver, some gold and some clothes Robes and whatever that he took. Garb that he took. And he hid it in his tent and all that. You know the story, okay? And Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel. How? By telling the truth. What glorifies God? Telling the truth. truth. Make your confession and tell me what you've done. Don't hide it from me. Now, you know the story, so you know as well as I do that Because of what he had done and because of what he did cost the lives of many other individuals. That he and his family were stoned. And then they were burned by fire. Kind of a harsh judgment you might think. But we're not God. I know he's honest. I know he's fair. I know he's just right. But notice here. We glorify him by just telling the truth. You know, in 1 John 1, 9, when it says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. Confess means to identify. It just means to fess up. Just I did wrong. Okay, so, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. Someone says, but I've done it more than once. Well, he says, well, you know what? You forgive others 490 times a day. I'll forgive you. Have you done it 491 times? (laughs) I hope not, but, you know, in a day, that is, in a day. (laughs) So one way to glorify God is this way. We glorify God, or I should say draw closer to God is this way, by glorifying God in our lives. And we set out to hold him in the highest esteem, to regard him and his will, his word above anything else and everything else to say I commit to living my life this way. I surrender my all to you, Lord. But look at the next one. And this is the one that we really want to embrace tonight and get a hold of. Be thankful. Be thankful. Thank Another way that you and I can really draw closer to God is to be thankful, to develop thankfulness, to become a more thankful person in our in our lives. Be more consciously aware of the fact how God has blessed us so immeasurably with every spiritual blessing in high places. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And really, he's poured out so much into our lives that we should be so thankful beyond words. But are we? Well, we'll figure that out in just a moment. But being thankful is another way to draw close to God. When someone tells you thank you, how does it make you feel? Fulfilled? Thank you. In other words, they recognize that you did something nice for them. They appreciated what you did for them, right? And that thank you is, is very, it may seem small, but it's very meaningful to that person when you say thank you. I acknowledge that. I appreciate that. Do you remember the ten lepers? And how they went, as they were going, they were healed of leprosy. But only one came back, and the Bible says, and he glorified God with a loud voice and said, thank you. Notice how giving thanks also glorifies God. And Jesus said, in case we think it's a small thing, where are the other nine? And this is a Samaritan who's despised by the Jews. So possibly the other nine were Jews and they were off running to the priest. But this Samaritan comes back and just says, as he glorifies God, he bows himself to the ground and says, thank you. And Jesus acknowledges that. That became part of the Holy Writ. That's something that we're reminded of all the time. When you just think about this one person, thank you. That was it. But to Jesus, it was meaningful. Very meaningful. Why? Because Really, what else can we do? I know Jesus saved my sin-sick soul. So I'm going to go tomorrow and buy him a tie. (laughs) To show my gratitude. Oh, I don't think so. What can we really do to repay him? You know, you've been there before. Someone buys you an outfit for your birthday or something like that, and you do, you do something nice back for them. And it's, you know, it's reciprocated and, and all that. There's nothing that you and I can do to say thank you enough to him for what he's done for us. So what do we do? We say thank you. I'm completely dependent on you. I'm on my knees. I'm thanking you. I surrender my life to you. I deny myself to take up my cross and follow you. All these things that I will do. But you know what? Thank you is huge. When it comes to glorifying God and magnifying God, thank, thanking God also, they all go together. Thank you. Matter of fact, let's take a moment. Can we do that? Take a moment. Live streaming, join together with us. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Go ahead, just in your own words. Man, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you for forgiving my sins, my shortcomings, my faults, my failures. Anything that displeases you or dishonors you in any way. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the new covenant In his blood. Thank you for this way to enter into the holiest place of your presence. Thank you for providing for me on the other side a mansion. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, for all that you've given, for who you are, and you are good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Could we ever thank him enough? Ever. Could we ever thank him enough? Maybe the reason why some things don't manifest is because we just haven't taken the time to thank him enough. Which we'll get to that prayer of thanksgiving in a moment. But I want you to look at 2 Timothy. And this is chapter 3. And I want us to see how God classifies unthankfulness. Unthankfulness being unthankful look at this verse these verses verse 1 this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such. Join together with them. Turn away. Did you notice that he classified being unthankful with boasters, blasphemers, unholy? Classify them all together. So obviously it's highly offensive to God if we're not thankful people. And if we can't see anything to be thankful for, and people have told me that. Well, when he does something for me, then I'll thank him. Really? My goodness, you, we got to get you to the kindergarten level of education. What do you mean when he does something? Are you breathing? Did you get up? Can you see? Can you hear? Etc. cetera, et cetera. Yes. Well, then we have every reason to give thanks to God for every part of our being. Being unthankful is expressed in various ways, different ways. Look at 1 Corinthians 10.10. 10. And this one should be fresh in our minds because of what we just talked about last Sunday. Don't grumble. You know, grumble will make you stumble. As some of them did. And then were destroyed by the angel of death. Don't grumble. And if you grumble and complain like they did, and it goes on to say they were unthankful, as a result of being unthankful, they had no sight of what God really had done for them. They were brought out of slavery. They were brought out of the darkness of, of bondage. They were brought to a place. Yes, it was. they were headed to the promised land. They saw the hand of God move in powerful and glorious ways. Rather than being thankful, they were murmuring. They were complaining. They were unthankful. They had no sight of all the things that God had done for them. You see, they were just focusing on themselves and what they wanted. They had no idea about the plan of God, the purpose of God, and what God was uh, doing for them. And they stumbled in the wilderness along the way because they weren't a thankful people. It caused them to fall. Now, complaining, murmuring, grumbling, and all that are all classified as being unthankful. And think about it. Have you ever had a grumpy day? Yes. And the rest of you... Have you had a crumpy day? You know, and sometimes we have a down day, and our emotions are taken over, and we feel like as though that you know, my goodness, this is miserable, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, why? Because we're focusing on a thing that's causing us to murmur, complain, etc. Well, think about what they said. Why'd you bring us out here? You bring us out here to die? You bring us out here to be taken captive once again by these e- evil people? Our wives to be a prey. Our lives to be a prey would have been better that we were back in Egypt and we could stay there. At least we know that we had fish to eat. At least we know we had some bread to eat. Even though they were, of course, in slavery and just being taken advantage of and probably they forgot all the torture that they went through. But because their present circumstances uh, weren't appealing to them, they disregarded everything that God did. And what God did for them is beyond anything we could even begin to imagine. When you think about the ten plagues... That God unleashed upon the Egyptian nation and how he brought it down to its foundation. Defying every God that they trusted in to show himself stronger and greater than any of them that they all believed in. And then brought them out with a mighty hand and his presence went before them in a cloud by day and a fire by night. Think about that. That was the presence of God right there. They saw the presence of God every single day, a cloud by day, fire by night. And then they saw the Red Sea part. And then they saw the manna, the quail, the water from the rock. They saw all that just to say, you bring us out here to die? How unthankful they were. How ungrateful they were. We should never have that kind of an attitude. Boredom, Believe it or not, is another form of ingratitude and being unthankful. I think about our young kids today. Oh, my goodness. I'm bored. You're bored. <laughs> Let me hear that again. You're bored. Yeah. Why are you bored? Well, my PS4 is not working right. Let me rewind and take you back to the time where we plugged in our electric football game and we had these little plastic things that were just sitting on top of it. And by the vibration, you're, go that way, go that way, go that way. Oh, man. You got guys with with their uniforms on You've got referees with throwing flags, and you've got them with their their actual their faces are the same players that are out there. You realize that? Look at them closely; they actually look like them. It's almost like reliving the game right there. You're bored. You've got a cell phone in your hand with the computer on it. You're bored. You can drive a car. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You see, people get bored when they don't realize the life that God has given them. And they don't appreciate the life that God has given them. They don't recognize all the wonderful things that they have and that God's provided for them. They're only focusing on something that they don't have, not on something that they actually do have. And that produces boredom. You're never satisfied. You're not enough. You know what? You want to get satisfied? Take a walk in the fall. Oh my goodness! I look out. My neighbor is my happened to be my sister-in-law, and her tree is so beautiful. It's beyond words. The colors of the yellows merging the oranges and the reds, and it's just beautiful. You you know you go to a, a trail and you walk along the trail and you see all the bright, brilliant colors. My goodness. And you think about the greatness of God. my son and his wife just celebrated their 17th wedding anniversary, and they went to Deep Creek, Maryland, which is a couple hours away, I guess, it's that close, and sent me pictures back of the beauty of God's creation. They said it was the most wonderful time they have ever had. So, you know, when you start to look at God for who He is, his creative powers and abilities? And go to a Grand Canyon or something like that, which I've never seen other than on TV. You know, you you go to places like this and, and you start to appreciate the magnitude of the greatness of God. But again, you just think about living in America and all the things that we have to make us happy and not bored, and yet don't get it. I'm bored. Why are you bored? look at Isaiah chapter 1 This'll, This look, look at this this is from the New Living Translation listen O heavens pay attention earth this is what the Lord says the children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me even an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes its master's care but Israel doesn't know its master my people don't recognize my care for them you know what he's saying? He's saying it like this. Even my dog wags its tail when I give him a bowl of food. Because he knows where the food came from. He is saying animals have more sense than what humans do. That's what he's saying in those verses. Animals have more sense to say thank you. Thank you. How about this? Now, I I was not raised in a family where we had dogs. Okay. My mother was afraid of a fly. My mother lived in a basement. You know, those Italian basements where you had everything in the basement. You lived in a basement. You know why? Because the plastic on our couch in our living room, you didn't sit on it for 30 years. Maybe 40. You just didn't sit on it. The plastic was still on it. In case someone did sit on it. And after about 40 years, she finally unveiled the couch and took it off. That's how I grew up. So when it came to animals, she wouldn't even go outside for a picnic in the backyard, her backyard, because of the animals back there. We had to bring her food in the house and in the basement. That's where she had her hot dog on the 4th of July in the basement. That's just that's just how she was. So, didn't have a dog. Now I've got two. <laughs> Chloe and Jackson. And it doesn't matter if I walk downstairs, take out the garbage, walk right up back up the stairs. They're at the door, greeting me like as if I've been away for a month. Tails wagging like crazy, just loving and loving and all that. I go back downstairs, get something else, same thing, come back upstairs, they're doing the same thing. Like, you talk about unconditional love. Yeah, exactly. It's a God has given us a picture of unconditional love, just with how a, a dog just treats its owner. And that's what that's what he's saying. Wag your tail once in a while is what he's saying to us. Appreciate me. Look at all the wonderful things I've done for you. Don't hold back. Oh, real quick, can I have a couple more seconds? Look at Psalm 69. Being thankful glorifies God. I will praise God's name in song. Notice, and glorify Him with thanksgiving. I will glorify Him with thanksgiving. And these verses, we we won't take time to go through them all tonight because I just want us to do some more thanking. Um, But the first one, just the first one. Look at Philippians 4.6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with complaining. No. No. With what? With what? Why is that there? Why does he say pray with thanksgiving? Because you're praying believing that God hears you, hears me, and when I know he hears me, there's nothing left to do but say thank you. Thank you. I'm asking you to do this. I believe I received this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God will keep your heart and mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, let your request be known to God God with thanksgiving. I will, remember Psalm 118 verse 21. I will thank you, praise you because you heard me. And you become my salvation. Praise God. So how do we glorify God? With thanksgiving. So can we stand for a moment and just do it again? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.